0: So it's, um, it's nearly Shakespeare's birthday. You didn't expect me to open up to that, did you? <laughs> okay, yeah. I was trying to think, <laughs> how does that tie in? How can we tie that into what we do? So stick with me, stick with me. So I thought we need to come up with a podcast as relevant to business mm. that is some way linkable to Shakespeare so we can get the cheesy theme pushed out onto our social media to say that we've done something for Shakespeare. For birthday. Shakespeare's birthday.
1: 23rd of April. We should be, maybe rather than having a beer, we should be maybe raising a glass of mead. Oh, mead. And we should be in um, appropriate costume. The costume. Oh, there we go. Mr. trick. So did you like the bard? You would
0: have loved that. <laughs> <laughs> Dressed up as the bards.
1: Loved it. So bards in beers. I have to get some music on here that's not the usual kind of 80s vibe, but yeah, except like we've got 1580 like. <laughs> and lutes. And, uh, do they have a harp score then? I don't know. I'm not really. there. Uh, yeah, you don't know.
0: The right music anyway. We'll ask somebody in research to work that one up for us. Absolutely. So we need some uh, Shakespearean music. So we're going to try and here we go. This is the challenge we've set ourselves: how to come up with a business relevant subject in the style of something referring referring to Shakespeare,
1: aka the Bard. The Bard. <laughs> Okay, I'll be the bard from this podcast Shall we go? Let's go Okay
0: So hello and welcome to this week's SME Growth Podcast with me Dave Parry and him, Richard Buckle
1: Not the bard
0: Not the bard So if you've listened to that little wacky intro we're trying to do a uh, growth-related podcast today linked to Shakespeare because it's his birthday so we thought we'd refer to As You Like It, famous Shakespeare play, in which there is a monologue, which some of you may have heard of, called The Seven Ages of Man. And I'm going to spare that for now, but maybe there'll be some bonus content later on that talks about it. But he talks about The Seven Ages of Man in terms of the, the various evolutionary steps that a human being takes from, from very young to very old. And we thought, right, let's try and compare the evolution of a company to that stages of man. And, it's, and I know it sounds is actually more sensible than it sounds, perhaps, but I end up having this discussion a lot, and I know you do too, where we're in a companies that we're advising and helping yeah. and so on, and there are pinch points in the growth of a company. Yeah. yeah. It, it, growth it isn't a linear thing. No. And you can do 10, 20, 30% more than you're doing today with pretty much the same type of people, if maybe not exactly the same number, same structures, the same systems. But if you go to double it, treble it, quadruple it, you're gonna move into a different territory.
1: Just it's like stretching an elastic band, isn't it? So you can stretch an elastic band so far and then at some point it it's yep. no longer fixed. So you need a bigger elastic band, you need a bigger, you know, it's it's, you know, maybe that's not quite the right analogy, but it's it's about that transition between different stages yeah. of growth, isn't it?
0: And it's, I was in I was having this sort of discussion in uh, to a client last week and I described this situation as being a bit like in the adolescence phase, as a human, you yeah, know lots of things are changing. You're changing, the environment's changing, and all that. And I was trying to say that that's the stage they're at with their management team. And I tried to draw a pretty, you know, clumsy metaphor to try and work it out. And that's what prompted the idea for for this sort of discussion yeah. because there is one of the seven stages of man that relates very closely to that. So that's what I thought. I'd go, do you think we can um, pull this off? let's have a go this is one of our more challenging themes for yes. a podcast so here it goes so shall i quickly run through what the seven
1: stages are I've set the i think that'd be useful because i don't know
0: without well <laughs> I, I can't say i've committed to memory the horn of the uh the opening monologue from act two scene seven of, of as you like it um but the seven stages are infant so we can all get the heads around that uh schoolboy, so slightly older uh Shakespeare calls it lover, but he really means teenager, you know, that sort of age in their teens. Soldier is the next one he comes up with, so you can imagine, you know, early 20s, in their 20s, um, peak of physical fitness, fighting away. Uh, and then justice is what he calls the next bit, which we'd probably call middle-aged, you know, someone who's a bit of a know-it-all, a bit more wizened and um, life-experienced. And then we're moving a bit more into old age, which he calls pantaloon, but he means old age. someone who's starting to be dependent on others. And then finally, he draws the loop back to almost a second childhood because when you get so old, you're so dependent on others, dribbling in the corner, that actually you're not much better than an infant again. So that's how he he draws the arc. Yeah. Okay. So wherever that's listeners are, they're probably somewhere sat in either soldier justice or pantaloon and you can make your own
1: like <laughs> judgment. I can't help but think as I just casually glance at the actual poem or act the monologue, the, the yeah. monologue that when he's talking about the justice he says the justice in fair round belly and with cap on lined with sev- with eyes severe and a beard of formal cut I don't know who he
0: I don't know to... who he can be referring to, but he was definitely 450 years ahead of his time so... <laughs> like you met perfect oh, there we go so we shall have to weave in the uh, Shakespearean descriptions of these various characters as we describe this arc of a a company of Orbit. And as I say, there is a serious side to this, because it's not so much about identifying where you're at, as much as knowing how far you are away from the next transition, because it's the transitions that get you. And we've seen this time and time again in companies, and, and you'll know of it, even if it's not your company, it'll be someone you know, where they seem to be doing okay, and they either stay still for too long, or they grew without making the appropriate adjustments, and it all started going wrong. And the wrong conclusion I think to draw from that is that it's not wrong to grow it's wrong to grow without realising that at some point of growth you can't just carry on in a straight line you have to change some things yeah. so some people respond to it with say oh well, I'm going to stay where I am You know, it's better off just staying as my little 2 or 5 million pound company because that's safer well it's only safe in the sense that you don't have to change but everybody around you is and they're going to come and overtake you and, mm. and you'll lose market share or people or whatever yeah. or products some other way so I think it's those transitions that matter yeah. so should we try and talk through them Starting with maybe the
1: easy ones.
0: The easy ones. Well, an info is a startup. Yeah. Okay. Everyone knows about the challenges of running a startup. There might only be one of you, one, two, three of you. You're really strapped for cash. You've got more ideas and energy than you've got resources to spend. Um, You maybe haven't got enough customers yet. You know, everything's fresh and new. You don't know who you are. You don't really know where your niche is. You're you're trying to. Yeah.
1: Maybe not everybody listening has been in a startup, but that's, that's, that is a, very good point yeah a lot of people come into a business when it's already established already established so it's and that's not to say that oftentimes as a business owner those it's almost like if if you've not cleaned the toilet or emptied the dishwasher that's the that's, 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 that's the startup phase we both uh, we both <laughs> experienced those rubber gloves <laughs> but, that we had the rubber in the bathroom yeah there's been a few but purpose, but, but um, it is that all hands on deck phase. very hands on and making the team
0: for each other's it's almost
1: like the, the job titles become pretty irrelevant so pretty, really. It's,
0: yeah. you're, you're emptying the bins, you're doing the selling, you're doing the delivering, you're, you're maybe
1: even doing the payroll and VAT returns. Yes, yeah, like so diverse. varied. It's like about yeah. everything, every single job that needs to be done, someone's yeah. got to do it, but there's only three people here.
0: Yeah. So. And all you know is that there's something that you've done which someone else seems to have some value in. It might only be one customer, two customers, three customers, it might not be very many and maybe you're doing a different thing for all of them so you haven't really quite fine-tuned what it is you do, you just know that generally you've got something that seems to be going down well, yeah. And you're almost waiting to be taken along on the wave to see where's this going to take me, which bits of the market are going to open up. But you, like an infant, you're just wide-eyed; anything's possible. You yeah. know, it's a blank canvas almost, and it's it's very confusing but very exciting. And I don't know. but I think
1: as well, you know, it's a, I guess we're going to be referring to these uh, these labels as analogies, I uh-huh. agree. But like an infant is is quite vulnerable as well.
0: Muling and puking in his <laughs> mother's arms. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: quotes. Oh, his nurses. Quote the quotes thrown in nurses. Yeah, but no, like an infant is very vulnerable, and I think that that at that stage of a company's um, development, you know, how many startups don't make it? You know, we've had startups that haven't really, you know fulfilled their potential well that's right and, they, and
0: i suppose we have a, an unusual perspective on this compared to people who are listening already in established businesses that even though we are now an established business we were once a startup but along the way we've created other startups yeah. we've spawned a number of other companies and one of them lives and thrives to this day in the shape of magic minutes a software company and others we've tried that we talk less about and yeah. maybe they fell by the wayside but it's made us more rounded people to have been through the trials the slings and arrows of misfortune, maybe. <laughs> These the trials and tribulations uh, of trying to get a company off the ground. Okay, so that's that's infant. Now there's a transition next into, sorry, yeah, into the schoolboy phase. So the schoolboy is is a variation of that, but it is more ground. There are more of you, for a start. You, you maybe now have half a dozen, dozen people around you. You've got a regular enough income. You're probably VAT registered. You're having to worry about recruiting to replace levers you know there's just a bit more real stuff coming in but you're still not quite sure who you are you're still trying to find your identity your brand's probably changing every now and again as you're not quite sure how to present yourself how to sell yourself how to quote work how to price it you know it's all still very experimental isn't it
1: yeah still evolving still kind of yeah like you say you haven't really got you haven't got the time to put too many systems in because you're too busy still trying to survive in that way. Maybe not not quite. Maybe survive in the same way that you are as an infant. But yeah, you are, you know, maybe you've got a bit of cash reserve. Maybe you are, you know, pe- a bank would take you a bit more seriously. For example, if you yeah, it's been easier funding. Yeah, you're a little bit more grown up, but it's still, you know, you're still like you say working out. Well, how do we sell? you And you may be falling into that trap of just chasing any sale. Yeah, but well, that's certainly one of the traps. That's there.
0: Because that's the behavior you learned as an infant stage.
1: Yeah. Any have, quote yeah. that comes, anything that comes into in, quotes.
0: Yeah, so you haven't quite got the maturity yet to say no or to be choosier about stuff, that's for sure. And you're probably still clinging to lots of the very make, do, and mend ways of doing stuff as a startup, mm-hmm. even to the point where you're still taking the bins out uh, instead of hiring a cleaner. You know, th- these are things that as you grow up, you've just got to accept happen. Yeah. Uh, some of the reporting requirements or just some of the way people, you know, as, like I say, VAT or you know, making payroll work and so on. You've just got to accept that you will have to change things and you may be a bit resistant to that. Yeah. A bit like the uh, one in schoolboy with his satchel <laughs> and going unwillingly to school. Um, so yeah, I think that that phase is distinct from the infant and that transition we see less often because usually we meet people in a more advanced stage but we've been through it mm. and you just have to you know, either tell yourself or be told by someone that the part of growing up is to stop doing some things and to start doing other things. It's not an evolution of just doing yeah. some more of the
1: same. I think it's I think it's a danger here as well. Like maybe from our own personal experience of you you've got an awful lot of things that can distract you at this stage. Yeah, because you haven't quite got to that point where it's like right, we've actually focused in on a on a product here that we can really or service that we that we really know, that we really understand, that we've really dialed in to how it's going to work. We're more, you know, we're coming up with different ideas. Like, you know, we went through, like I say, a number of startups that were probably in hindsight, something of a distraction at that yeah. point, because you're thinking, well, we've got an opportunity, Yeah, we can, and you're still so hands-on on the business all the time that you're thinking, well, of course we can do everything, spin loads of plates and get on with all these things, but and we shouldn't have done and some of them you'd
0: even learn we joked didn't we that we always used to get attracted by the latest shiny new toy we were like the magpie you know whatever Mm shone we we were drawn to it moth to a flame all this sort of thing so yeah we we did lots of things because we were trying we didn't know what was going to be successful any one of those startups could have been the millionaire maker idea but you don't know until you've tried it I think now we're probably a bit more worldly wise and we might have spotted it but at that stage, we were definitely in the schoolboy
1: category. Well, I think you learn over through that of how to how to fail fast. And I think that's a really important, you know, if you are in that stage yes, where you're point. thinking yep. that we've got, you know, a talented team around us, we're small enough, we're agile enough to be able to just like fire off and do things. Yeah. That's actually, it's great, but it also can be really dangerous, really distracting if you're not careful. So you've got to like, right, look, we've got a new idea. We want to innovate. How can we fail fast at this? Yeah so that if it doesn't work out bang we you're just not wasting
0: resources you just gotta to learn to say no and and,
1: and and you learn that over time just by yeah. by seeing you know you can't what, teach you. read it in a book and you've, you've got to experience well, it. i was talking to someone yesterday who said he rang me up and i'd spoken to him he was trying to get me to get on board with a business idea he had around ev about six months ago and he told me the idea and i was just like that is never going to work because of bang <laughs> bang 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 yeah bang. and he just rang me because oh, i'm so grateful that, oh well then you, you did you saved someone then uh, you didn't like you know that you, you just turned me off it having spoken to you because i just didn't see it it was a great idea i thought this was going to be the game changer and it was just like
0: realization was dawned thanks to you well we had the same experience with another software product we tried didn't we dedicated to lawyers and there was a particular uh, regulatory requirement we were trying to help them solve with a, a legal product and we fell over for a sort of similar reason in the opposite sense in that we were given too much positive feedback yeah. they did market research and all the lawyers we spoke to said yeah that's brilliant so we spent a goodly sum developing it and then they all said now i don't really need it really. <laughs> but you said before that yeah i thought other people might like it
1: <laughs> yeah well don't you so yeah you've got to be careful really, you need yeah, honest with your market research at that stage yeah and
0: choose your advisors carefully you know don't don't just listen to people that want to be nice to you or encouraging and your relatives are almost unfortunately the worst of them oh, yeah, they will always the give you courage don't ask your friends
1: or your relatives at that stage about anything. They do not want to upset you, do they? So, you don't have many friends then, do you? <laughs> really very nice. I haven't got any, really. Yeah, so that was easy. I actually found a packet of mints from that business the other day when I was cleaning out a drawer. <laughs> oh, don't what well, we're I talking found about? found a packet of client balance client mints balance for it. the next... Because episode. I not get it. years <laughs> so. Okay, so we've got to
0: the schoolboy. So the next one up in, um, in Shakespeare's Seven Stages of Man is what he calls the lover, which, as I said at the beginning, is what I've always thought of is more the teenager, you know, someone in those late teens years, almost an adult. You know, the the trainers or whatever they call them. And this type of business is almost a company. It's got a lot of the trappings of a company. You know, if it's a man who's starting to grow a beard, it's got a bit of stature, but it's still under the surface it's still quite unsure of itself it's lacking in self-confidence so in terms of size we're probably talking about 15 25 people or something like that you know the the boss is still very hands-on with everything still recruiting everybody still signing off lots of things and making lots of the decisions probably not delegating very much mm. but to the outside it's starting to look like a proper company yeah it's sales are probably climbing up now maybe a couple of million or maybe a bit more and people around it are Used to seeing it deliver good work and professional work. And I think I know a few companies in town here that are a bit like this, you know, that they, they come across as very professional. And then when you meet them and you realize that it's a bit like that, that swan that looks good on the surface, but yeah. their legs are paddling like crazy underneath. So I think that's where you're at with the lover. So the transition between schoolboy and lover, I think, is one that we're going through now or nearing to the end of. I think we've realized a long time ago that we need more systems and more um, specific roles. And we're putting those in place. But it's very much where we're at now, wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely identify as a good lover. Does that mean you aren't signed like a furnace with a willful ballad made your mistress's breath? You have to ask Mrs. Buckle. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, no, I think that's, yeah... I just can't help myself with these things. I'll be told told off. You
0: will. I I hope Mrs. Buckle listens to these podcasts. She'll
1: she'll She'll listen to this one.
0: So I think the challenges for management in this stage, they've got to learn to start to let go. They've got to develop the art of delegation much more. Um, But they still haven't got enough critical mass that everything will be systemized and established. So a lot of decisions are still going to be taken based on people instinctively knowing what the right thing is to do. So the culture is absolutely critical. As it is throughout yeah. the life of a company. But you're more reliant upon it now because you're relying on people to make instinctively the right decisions rather than follow the rules in inverted commas.
1: Yeah, I think this... And this is probably one of the most... I don't know, if is this is this the make or break phase for further growth? So if, if you can't... If the founder can't get out of that kind of mindset that I've got to be involved in everything, yeah. then it's going to be very, very hard to... To, to move out of this phase really because it's it's critical here that, that you're starting to trust the team around you a lot more.
0: You have to, you have to. And I know this may sound self-serving but whether it's for us or others, I found that the companies that take on some form of external advice to speak that truth to power because if you're the boss of a 25-person firm then around you there's lots of people that are looking up to you for that leadership yeah. or the directors generally and you don't necessarily get as honest a feedback as yeah, usually, yeah, and that's where you know either non-execs or other business advisors yeah. really earn their either pint of beer or or shilling, depending on what type you've taken on. Yeah. And not many companies at this stage are yet ready. If you think about this love of being the teenager, as you and I both did at twenty, you know everything, don't you? Certainly, mm-hmm. when you get to thirty or forty, you realise how little you knew when yeah. you were twenty, and indeed still do. But it's very hard to tell a twenty-year-old to give them advice and steer them unless they're ready for it. And we know a few that have and have been very successful. And I think that's where these companies run the biggest risk that they're riding on the wave, they're they're doing the swan thing and it's looking good outwardly, and they don't even want to admit to enough external people or even their their colleagues, sometimes even their spouse, that it's all a little bit woo and a bit wah behind the scenes. They're sort of just about hanging it together Yeah. and and maybe they're doing quite well financially, so people are are looking up Mm. to them for that reason. The business is successful and they've got themselves a nice car or whatever, but it's still very unstable.
1: Yeah, I think that, and I think that's the point. You've got to have people at that point who are going to give you that frank feedback about, and like you say, you're not going to have maybe enough people in the business that are going to give you that. Partly because you're still going to be pretty busy at that stage. Everyone still, maybe you're starting to specialise in certain areas, but you're probably not going to have a HR manager. You're probably not going to have yeah. you know certain roles that you think of of like that's part of a big grown-up company yeah you probably oh, just could, good be good
0: you're it you've probably started to take marketing more seriously to help to help build the growth engine yeah you'll have to have come up with some solution around finance maybe not a finance director or cfo but maybe maybe you got a pretty reasonable financial accountant or management accountant, yeah. sorry internally and then external advice so you're starting to build some of those critical uh, functions you've probably got someone head of sales if they're not the original owner Or if the original owner is in sales and someone to do the delivery, managing the delivery, you need to split that role. So those sort of roles are appearing. But like you you say, you haven't got HR managers yet, and IT managers, and facilities managers, and Mm. you know, high polluting induction processes, and health and safety processes.
1: And maybe this is this is the start, maybe of where the owner, at least, or the board, if there is one, you know, a couple of people. Was that kind of, are you on the balcony or are you on the dance floor type yeah. thing? And it's about, that's when that...
0: And you're right, that starts, but I think that really comes into play in the next one. Yeah. So transitioning then from the lover or teenager into your soldier, your, your 20 or something or other. So full of strange oaths and bearded like the bar, jealous in honour, sudden and quick in quarrel. Are we cooking quarrel? We quarrel. So your soldier, so that's your classic M of the SME, the medium-sized company, 20 to 250 employees. So I know that sounds like quite a wide range, but people go through that reasonably fast, really. The the growth of a company from 50 to 200 can happen in a few years. And boy, is that scary. You know, all the extra people and you're just coping with the facilities you require for that. You may have to move premises and... all sorts of systems that suddenly have to grow up very quickly so you're definitely somewhere through that journey take on an HR manager an IT manager probably health and safety you've got to start having formal training for first aiders you might even get unionized at some point through that you might have to put a canteen in you know there's also there's a huge amount of growing up done in those 20 somethings but it's done now with the maturity of realizing you need to do it which is something that was missing in the lover, the teenager stage. So yeah. you, you're starting to make it your business now to build the business for growth rather than doing the business. So now we're definitely off the dance floor and onto the balcony. Mm. We're working on the business, not like in the business. And we've seen too many business owners, senior leadership teams, reluctant to do that. Their safe space yeah. is doing what they've always done. And and if perhaps your, your business is only successful because you're good at doing what you do, to suddenly have to accept that you're good at running a business rather than good at providing the service of the product is a very dangerous step in some people's
1: minds. I think as well, for many, I've got one particular company in mind where the founder was, as in often cases, doing a lot of the sales, very passionate about the product, and the company grew very, very quickly. But then the systems just weren't really there to help with the growth. And then it was very, very hard to let go of some of those things um and and actually trust the team around Mm. and eventually you can find yourself in a situation where you've got this like beast big beast to feed but you don't really have much of the supporting infrastructure Mm. around it in terms of particularly maybe you've got the things like you know your ISO and those sorts of things but things like CRM which we've talked about previous podcast you know how do how are we communicating how are people you know we would we would turn up to board meetings and people be finding out about projects in the board meeting Um, (laughs) it's like that's where those sorts of system you know you've got to get that culture in really early because if you get to that that's where it can get scary at that side of company where all of a sudden you have got these big orders coming in you have got this high growth you've got to ramp up recruitment and everything else but if you haven't got that kind of you know we've got this metronome of even how we meet or how we communicate or how we all sorts of cultural culture bits, stuff. culture structure. really comes in there I think. that's
0: right whereas before it was needed to help steer the decisions now it's there to really underpin the growth and this is where i think we've talked before in previous podcasts about the vision and strategy a lot of smaller companies think they need to do that because it's just a tick in a box you know now when you get to here,
1: you absolutely where the rubber hits the road
0: unless you get everybody pointing the same direction you've got 100 200 people making up as they go along
1: yeah you've got chaos you know
0: so you've got to have clear roles and responsibilities clear reporting structures and meetings and how you hold people to account you need performance management so those that are in the wrong roles can be developed to be the right role or move elsewhere or even out the company see there's a lot of more it's is a really grown-up phase
1: now. You're you not know looking about what about. It's, it's where leadership, I think, becomes really serious. Because yeah. back in the infant, schoolboy, lover, sort of phase, maybe, yeah, like, as, as the leader, you're still going to be quite a lot on show. People yeah. are going to know you. You know, you'll probably be able to have a conversation with everyone about, you know, how's your kids doing, blah, blah, blah. They're going to see you authentically because they're going to be up close. When you're getting up to these, you know, top-end-of-soldier phase, the likelihood of, Someone having an interaction with the leader is just going to be, you know, it's going to be a maybe a passing.
0: Right. This is the first phase where you probably haven't recruited every single person yeah. working for you, and there'll be churn, which is at yeah. that number of people. You know, there'll be new starters coming in, you know, every month, if not every week. And you can't. It, it's easier at the lower end, but to be able to know everybody's name, personal situation, children's names, and so on, is it, harder. So you need to be able to project the, yeah. the values, the vision, the strategy, and and everything. As well as taking on all those extra requirements, like um, you know auditing and
1: and and all that that comes with size. Things like funding starts getting a bit more scary.
0: Yeah, but you, but conversely, you are also getting to the point now where maybe you're of interest to external investors. Mm. So once the valuation of the company gets to sort of 10 million plus, so depending on your multiples, you know you're, you're doing a bit better. You, you could now start looking maybe for external investment. But that really comes into play in the next stage. So you've, you've got to the top end of M of the SME, the medium-sized company. And I think the way that certainly in the UK, the system works, it almost spits you out at that point into this mid sized mid-cap, mm. Mittelstadt, they call it in Germany. And in the UK, there's lots of support for SMEs, lots of grants are only eligible for SME yeah. companies. And lots of other things happen around an SME. But when you spit out, just because you've got 251 employees or there's another two requirements on, on turnover and balance sheet and so on, that could kick you out of suddenly being eligible for all this support. And yet you're really only just an older soldier yeah so this next phase is our is our justice that we talked about earlier on the one with the the fair round belly which was and the beard now this is really where so you're over 250 employees you're definitely you've got a board now you probably need to have split the chairman and chief exec roles which you may not have done until this point if you should have taken governance more seriously already but you certainly should have done by now, you've got to yep. be very careful that you're making the right decisions. Things like risk registers, and you're, you're looking ahead more. And lots of these things, by the way, should be applicable lower down in the evolution of a company. But now it's it's required more. So you're going to be having to report on things that you never thought you'd have to do. You know, your modern slavery policy, your gender pay gap reporting. Yep. All of these things come into play at this larger stage, and you've got to be prepared to pay some serious money for serious senior team members to run this properly with you and alongside
1: you. Yeah. Yeah, you're definitely at that point gonna need a lot more competence around you. Like they're like and a lot more specialisms, isn't it? So you yeah. will need people who can really handle maybe particular, you know, regulatory requirements or
0: there'll be stuff going on you don't yeah. even understand. Yeah. And you gotta yeah. you've gotta be comfortable with that, which as a as a younger company you've you've never used to that before. So you've got to cope with the fact that you'll be taking people on that you couldn't interview because you don't know their specialism, their field, you know the compliance
1: requirements, the another another other factors, you know maybe start to come into it. Like we've seen you know, with some of our our clients who are at this stage or maybe even beyond it, you know all of a sudden your local MP takes an interest.
0: Yeah, true. You know, and the breasts
1: and the breasts take an
0: interest, and the sort of stuff being talked about your company online suddenly gets noticed. So if people are being a bit nasty on Glassdoor or on social media, then that tends to magnify you're going to get more employee claims for accidents whereas as a smaller company you probably didn't have because there was some sort of loyalty yeah. because of you know whatever a smaller company like the service they knew it Same would damage the company that, you know, you're now seen as a company that is worth suing because you can afford
1: or if you're international then you start to see well you know are you doing business in yeah. countries where you know that were once flavor of the month but aren't anymore yeah yeah, you got all those so issues. all those issues that start happening. So,
0: so there's quite a transition, isn't there, between the the soldier and the justice? It's that really understanding now I'm running a much larger company with a team of specialist people that employ another team of specialist people beneath them. Yeah, and without any of them, this couldn't work. You know, I'm now here purely as either chairman or chief exec to make sure the governance is in place, keep a clear handle on the vision, mm-hmm. and make sure we've got the right team there. You know. Create the vision, build the team. We said that before.
1: But, and back to that, yeah, maybe there's a, there's a huge role there in keeping the purpose. You know, why really, there'll be a few people there that have been there from, from the, start. the beginning. Yeah, employees one, two, three, four, five and, might still be there. And how do you, you know, keep that? You know, yeah. depending on what your business, well, does it depend on what your business is? Have you got to keep that original ethos there? Yeah. Does it? Sure, it will have changed in the sense it will have matured, it will have evolved, it will have developed. Yeah. But you've still got to, you know, keep that keep the ship pointed in the right direction in terms of all of those. Got to
0: stay up on the bridge when everybody else is down in the engine room. So then, conscious of where we're at through, it's still two stages to go, but I don't think we, we really need to or want to develop, dwell too much on them, because the transitions into them is is almost going downhill again. So we've mm. been talking about the growth up to this yeah. justice phase, this middle-age phase, where you're in your peak earning power and things are going well. But if you go to the next stage, it's starting to go wrong. So the, the next one is kind of an old-age stage, but Shakespeare's language is a pantaloon and the reason he calls it that I think is because you start to become a parody of yourself maybe behind your back initially but you start to get fun poked out of you you become a caricature of an older in his terms person but in a company you can see how that that can translate because you won't have adopted new systems you won't have taken on younger people's ideas you won't develop new products or gone into new markets so you, you the danger is that you become stagnant And you don't recruit really senior people who know what they're doing to potentially take your job. You know, any one of these transitions, but here more than ever, you've got to be aware that you may not be cut out to run a company of 500 Mm. people, 1,000 people, 5,000 people in the way that you were when it was a startup at 5, 10 or 15. And the chances are there would have been changes of leadership along the way anyway, perhaps tied into changes of ownership. Mm. So this is one where you really don't want to go into it. But if you sense yourself going into this pantaloon old age stage, you know, you've gone on through justice, you're you're equivalent of the 60, 70 year old in in terms. You've got to now be very focused on succession planning, leaving the legacy, making sure that the the business is well funded and directed in the right direction for for growth.
1: Maybe, or even, you know, thinking about changes of organizational structure, just so that, you know, a lot of this happens when almost maybe you start off, In that very, you know, infant phase, everyone's excited. You move through, it becomes very organic, creative, all of those Mm -hmm. things. You get to the stage of justice where it's, okay, we're big now. We've got to start. Maybe some of that creativity starts to dry up a little bit. Maybe some of the innovation disappears. It's It's much more formalized and you end up in that pant. And you've probably, to get that size,
0: you've probably developed a few different market specialisms as well. And one of the decisions you might decide to take at this level is to disaggregate and to split up. Or maybe to make acquisitions and, and integrate more vertically so there's a yeah. couple of strategic big strategic decisions here which are very hard decisions it may be to kill off bits of the business entirely yeah and and fail fast like you said earlier but it's a lot harder when there's 100 people in a division compared to when no jobs will be lost you just stop doing something so, yeah so some hard decisions here to avoid going into old age if you go beyond that then you're really into trouble because the shakespeare's seventh phase. Is the second childhood? This is where you're dribbling in the corner. <laughs> you're you're as much dependent on others now as you were as an infant. The cycle returns back
1: to the beginning, and that was his his point of his monologue. And you don't want to go there. You don't, not by the sounds of it. Just read it. He it's, it's second childishness and mere oblivion. Sons, sons eyes, teeth, sons, sons eyes, sons taste, sons everything. Yeah, you lost it all. Because yeah, it's gone. You probably lost the purpose for why you know. Maybe you just don't even look like.
0: Well, either the business has failed, or it's been taken on by others, and you've been shuffled Lost, off out yeah, the back door, not unceremoniously. Yeah, doing So yeah, you don't want to get into the second childhood phase. This isn't some sort of great rebirth renaissance. This is the, the you're you're so dependent on others, you're, you're not. You know, we can imagine what the metaphor looks like as a company. So so the the trick is really to keep growing, be aware of the transitions up to the point of Shakespeare's justice phase, the middle age, the mature, the responsible compliance governance chief exec and chairman and all that stuff that we talked about and not let that drift over it needs to be continuously renewed and you know new leadership succession planning all those big systems that small companies try not to even think about so how do you think we did did we tie together a business theme with shakespeare i
1: think so i need some feel that pities a shakespeare quote feels a need. yeah to be or not to be
0: (laughs) that would do (laughs) (laughs)
1: they the actually Shakespeare, I know. Yeah. To be or not to be, or, yeah. Get a bit dramatic if he went to some Macbeth or something, whatever. We encourage, yeah. (laughs) Stick with um, Hamlet. Get my Shakespeare right here. Could do, yeah. I mean, to be or not to be, what's that? that? That's something in Shakespeare, yeah. Yes, is that Hamlet that is no in the mind, except for the slings and
0: arrows of misfortune?
1: It's like a rap battle, but with (laughs) Shakespeare. (laughs)
0: Shakespearean quote. So that'd be a podcast wouldn't it there we go go on then we've waffled on for way too long there you go seven stages of man as applied to the evolution of a company and watch mind the gap it's the transitions of the matter and just have a little think about where you're at so you've been listening to the SME growth podcast and a slightly off the wall Shakespearean themed one celebrate Shakespeare's birthday 23rd of April Thanks a lot for listening. Please share and like our podcasts wherever you find them and tell your business colleagues that uh, sometimes we're worth listening to. (laughs) Some episodes uh, better than others. And in the meantime, very best of success for your own business. So for those of you that aren't quite as familiar with the Shakespeare monologue at the beginning of Act 2, Scene 7 in As You Like It, it might be interesting just to add this in as a bit of bonus content. All the world's a stage, and all the men and women merely players. They have their exits and their entrances, and one man in his time plays many parts, his acts being seven ages. At first, the infant mewling and puking in the nurse's arms, then the whining schoolboy with his satchel and shining morning face, creeping like snail unwillingly to school, And then the lover sighing like furnace with a woeful ballad made to his mistress's eyebrow then a soldier full of strange oaths and bearded like the bard jealous in honor sudden and quick in quarrel seeking the bubble reputation even in the cannon's mouth and then the justice in fair round belly with good capon lined with eyes severe and beard of fall cut full of wise sores and modern instances, and so he plays his part. The sixth age shifts into the lean and slippered pantaloon, with spectacles on nose and pouch on side, his youthful hose well saved, a world too wide for his shrunk shank, and his big manly voice turning again towards childish treble, pipes and whistles in his sound. Last scene of all that ends this strange eventful history, is second childishness and mere oblivion. Son's teeth, son's eyes, son's taste, son's everything.